0: You're listening to StidiaCast, a podcast created because a few dedicated Stidia shippers decided that canon just isn't enough. In order to quench our extreme thirst, we review and discuss the hidden gems of Stidia fanfiction. We hope to introduce the fandom to new material while supporting talented authors. This is StidiaCast. Hello, everybody, and welcome to episode six of Cast, in which we will be talking about "You Were Never Meant to Feel Alone" by Perfect Pro Twenty. My name is Rachel, and I am one of three Rachels featured on this week's podcast. So, my URL is Rongasm on Tumblr. That's how you know it's me. I'm that one.
1: And <laughs> and uh, obviously, my name is Rachel. <laughs> And
2: I am Clary Failchild on Tumblr. I am Rachel number three, and I am Madgrad2011 on Tumblr.
3: And I am also Rachel, no, I'm Claire. <laughs> <and> I am <laughs> I'm Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr.
0: Alright, so first I thought we could talk about the format of this fic because I think it's really cool and unique and one of the things that you actually don't get to see as much in the City of Your Fandom is this really cool um, back and forth format break that I felt flowed really well.
1: I loved the format break as well, the jumps to the past and the present, especially because she delivered on telling us what those nine voicemail messages were subject of
2: angst, one of the things I think that this fic really did well was actually kind of deal with Lydia's bitterness and her resentment for the way things happened in her life and what happened in Beacon Hills, specifically with Allison. Um, and there's a line where she actually says... From the bottom of her heart, she's always going to wish that Scott had never been attacked in the woods. She's always going to wish things had never changed. And if that makes her a bad person, so be it. Mm -hmm. So I really appreciated the author's willingness to go there with Lydia's character. Because you, I think, often don't get to see that side of Lydia necessarily in a lot of fan fiction. So probably my favorite scene in the entire fic is the one that takes place in the cemetery. Um, at headstone <laughs> with Scott, because uh, I think that there are some really great bits in there um, about Lydia's relationship, specifically with Styles, and then also too with Scott, and how, as much as she loves both of them, she still carries some negative thoughts or feelings um, about them related to to how Allison died and how Allison affected their lives. So there, I think there's one particular bit where um, Lydia says, it says Lydia has accepted that her best friend is dead, but that doesn't mean that she's about to accept that Scott McCall gets to lay claim to everything that Allison was. Which, so that's less. one. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. That's just one example of her kind of dealing with the, the anger that she's internalized about Allison's death and also dealing with the grief that she still has for her.
3: Mm-hmm. That's when um, Scott goes. She was my everything, and she snaps and goes. She wasn't just yours, right? Yeah, that was <laughs> that really resonated with me. Cause it's like, wow. I mean, that's entirely true because neither one of them really came first. They all met each other at the same time. Same exact time. We're mm-hmm. developing friendships at the same time as relationships, and um, so he like claimed to her, and that was just so. was kind of heartbreaking um but i also love the speaking of cemetery scenes just how we had these kind of bits of lydia's power like there really wasn't a lot with lydia's powers in this fic but um just little snippets like there were days in boston where she would walk to the nearest cemetery and let the voices run rampant in her mind um which like, I love fixed for Lydia's in Boston because I live in Boston, so I'm just like, oh my god, she could, like, be here! But she's just... <laughs> um, but she would definitely go to MIT. And, um... It's just, you can just kind of see her... You can see her totally sitting in a cemetery trying to listen to the voices that are there. And th- that occasionally she lets them take over herself, and she... The fact that she... Needs that is just really telling, into what kind of frame um, of mind she's in right now.
0: There was like a specific cemetery in Boston that I was picturing that, like, I always see one of the
1: hella old ones.
0: They're all hella old, Rachel.
1: No, but I mean, like, there are recent cemeteries in Boston because I do believe occasionally people die there. Probably like one where Paul Revere is buried or something. Specifically, Paul Revere. Paul Revere <laughs> died once a week. So, by the old North Church. She does her mathematical equations and just, like, he's right there it her. <laughs> yeah, definitely. Yeah. <laughs> I land two if I see, three if I banshee. <laughs>
2: <laughs> yeah, isn't there a line kind of towards the beginning of the thick, too, where I think as she and Styles are entering Beacon Hills, there's a bit about how she was, she said something like, you know, I kind of want to go to the cemetery right now or she thinks that, and she's afraid that Styles will think that she's weird. Um, But then she's also like, ah! Like, he might understand, but, you know, I probably shouldn't bring it up. If he understands, that means he knows what I'm feeling, and that's just not okay. (laughs) Yeah. So,
1: kind of amusingly, one of my favorite bits of characterization also was kind of born out of uh, the cemeteries, and how Lydia feels about them, but... With her thinking with Scott, she won't allow what Allison meant to her be erased just because Scott was so important to her. She also thinks about how she doesn't want Styles to erase her feelings for him um, in the present day and in high school. Because like she she thinks I think the same thing. She won't let them erase her or those feelings. And she also kind of thinks about that while she's at MIT, saying, like, she's used to people glazing over her intellectually because of what she looks like. So I thought that was really interesting that sort of a subtle theme with Lydia was, you don't get to overlook me because you were in love with Allison or because you were in love with me for longer or because I look a certain way, you
2: can't think I'm smart. So I thought that was really subtle and really cool. Interestingly enough, I think conversely, there's a moment where she's talking about how in high school, when when she first encounters the pack, right after she gets back from back to Beacon Hills. She's saying how she enjoyed all of this attention in high school and how she wanted people to look at her when she was in Beacon Hills. But now she's gotten so used to people overlooking her at MIT that she feels almost uncomfortable. I think it goes back to what you were saying, Rachel, too, about about how she, you know, she's trying to to hide herself a little bit. And it, it goes back to Lydia's just Lydia as a person and wanting to kind of put those walls up around her heart and protect herself um, and and not not let anyone in easily. In one of their many car rides um,
3: I feel like we've talked about this in other Stidia guests because it seems to me just like a common Stidia trope in fanfic the he loves her more because he expresses it more <laughs> In her argument that you know it doesn't mean I loved you any less, and I'm just like yes, because we all know Styles, you love Lydia. We get it, okay? Like, calm the frack down. Lydia loves you too. She's just not gonna like yell it off of a rooftop or anything. And just the fact that it's like a competition to prove how she feels about him, and that that really shouldn't be like that. And um. I just thought it was interesting because it just seems to be something that comes up with this couple a lot.
0: The amount of anger that Styles must have been feeling to say to her, I love you more, and, like, even to say I love you in the first place, like, that, he's so fucking angry. And, like, I feel like because it's in Lydia's point of view most of the time, you can't really see how angry Styles is. But in my opinion, for them to be in that car on the way back from the theme park and for him to say to her like I love you and you just left oh my god I can not imagine that is like three years how long has it been two years two two years of anger and then just like boiling up and he's like finally taking ownership of the fact that they were friends and it wasn't her right to leave him just because as, as friends just because he was in love with her and it's, like, it's this interesting thing for me because I always think Lydia doesn't owe Styles anything, and she doesn't. But at the same time, as a friend, I would say that, like, she owes him something as his friend. And in this fic, she she violated that. And, like, I, I often think that there's double standards with this because, um, like... I would always say that, like, Lydia owes Scott things and owes Allison things because she's so close to them, but because Styles is in love with her, I'm very quick and careful to say, Lydia doesn't owe Styles anything. But you know what? They're, they're friends. They're people who matter to each other. And she, she just horribly breaks that contract in that fic, and it's really mm-hmm. heartbreaking to see that.
3: I think she at least owed him, um, acknowledgement that she knew he was at her door that night and maybe, I don't know, maybe she didn't have to open the door, maybe she could have just given him a phone call or something, but to me that kind of started all of it and it just made me, because I can definitely see both sides of it, but I just, uh, oh, I wanted to punch her in the face, I want to just be like, open the door, um, <laughs> Yeah, so I have anger
1: issues. (laughs) That entire conversation, though, where they're talking about, um, like, the love is not a competition conversation was so well done, because I think, like, what um, Rachel Rongasm said with that she doesn't, (laughs) she doesn't owe him anything, love is not a competition, but Styles wants to make this conversation, at the very least, a competition. He wants Lydia to say unequivocally, I was super wrong. And you're super right about everything because she didn't give him anything to hold on to. She didn't even, you know, reject call with message (laughs) to say I'm in class. (laughs) So I absolutely agree. As a friend, when you miss their call, you can text them saying, you know, an acknowledgement. You don't even have to say you're going to call them back. But if I had called my friend who I hadn't seen in two years, nine times over that two years, and I got radio silent... I would be as uncomfortable as Lydia and Styles were in that phone call, and I'm not in love with like 99% of my friends. <laughs> just the 1%. Just, just the 1%. You know who you are. You know who you are. <laughs> there
3: are some ways you
1: can reject phone calls now, and she didn't use any of them. No. She just let it go. By and when she was in a relationship, she posted it publicly. Oh my God. But she like pictures and everything i kept thinking
0: (laughs) i kept thinking about styles in the galvanized scene like untangling the yarn from her fingers and putting all this faith into her and then as soon as she has a chance to leave him she just like throws away that like belief in faith and friendship and it makes me
2: a ball of fury (laughs) I think one thing that this fic did a, a good job with was showing just how complicated relationships in general are, including friendship. Um, you know, it's it's difficult to, to continue a long-distance romantic relationship, uh, and it's also really difficult to, to continue a long-distance friendship. And, you know, Lydia didn't handle it, I think, as well as she could have. Uh, but, you know, I think that, she handled it in the way that she was most comfortable doing so based on her history with Styles. So, even though I think, even though I'm frustrated with Lydia's character, right, in terms of her ignoring Styles' and phone calls, I think that it makes sense. It makes sense just based on what we know of her character and how she's evolved.
0: Yeah, you know, I I think that Lydia's an extremely brave person, but not when it comes to communication and not when it comes to talking. Like, my opinion is that stuff happened to her in her life that made her realize that retracting was the easiest thing to do, and she spends her whole life, like, working really hard to remain in that comfortable shell. And then maybe over the course of the series, she tries to break out of that shell a little bit, Because of the pack. And then now she's away from the pack. And suddenly there's no reason for that anymore. And you can see her not retracting to season one Lydia. But a lot of the lessons that she learns in the course of Teen Wolf. Because of Styles and because of Scott and because of Allison. Do kind of vanish when she vanishes from the town. And I think that she knows they're vanishing. But it's cozy that way. And she chooses in a way to throw them out the window. I'm never mad at Lydia. I like always read City of Thick and I'm like, this is clearly Styles' fault. But
3: no. <laughs> Yeah. her fault is her fault. Yep. Anyway, um happy thing. um what I always find interesting is when it's brought up in a City of Thick, the how Styles and Lydia met for the first time. And I really liked this author's um meet cute of them in third grade because so I'm just like oh my god how adorable was Styles in third grade and how awesome was Lydia and they were I just loved the that they were drawing pictures and she asked for the red crayon or colored pencil and he gave her red and gold so that her hair would be the right color and I'm like that's where it all started that's where the strawberry blonde thing started and that made me that actually made that actually made me squee. Nothing else really made me squee, but that did. I it was liked, a good point from the angst.
0: I like the yeah. fact that they were drawing their families because I was like, you are each other's family now.
1: <laughs> I liked the part that that's how I used to draw my hair when I was a small child. I'm sure Rachel 3 can, can relate. It's always yeah. the red and the gold. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> the ginger problems are real. Well, Mine was always yellow
3: with brown to make it more realistic but then I just look at that like I had a really really bad highlights
2: so more <laughs> no I'm glad you brought that up because I highlighted that paragraph as well I think that's one of the um like, prettiest paragraphs in the entire fic and the imagery in it is just really really I think great and spot on it's adorable, but then you get a little heartbroken
1: because his eyes remind her of the color of the bottle in her dad's liquor cabinet. Not even liquor cabinet. It's like, you're eight, and you already know that your father has a bottle of something in a cabinet. You are eight years old. Lydia, no! <laughs> yeah, but it
0: hit me as well that Stiles' eyes are the color of the thing his dad drowns himself in every night. That too. And I never thought about that before, because I always describe his eyes as whiskey. They're just whiskey eyes to me. But, like, his dad drinks Jack. <laughs>
1: Wait, were all three of Mick Martinski's fathers potentially alcoholics? Because I know that we, it's not confirmed for Lydia's dad, but it's a frequent trope and fix. We know Raphael McCall was. We know Sheriff Stilinski was. <laughs> and we're just like, hey! And Chris Argent probably is one now! I mean...
3: I I believe, I don't believe that Lydia's dad's an alcoholic. I think yes. he's just a dick.
0: Yeah,
3: I mean it's totally possible, but oh, it's see, just a common because, trope. Yeah. Speaking of more tropes, um, I'm just gonna skip right to sexy times because why not? Um, the Lydia <laughs> say hurt <laughs> in an un in a non-sexual act related. Thing and Styles just stopping everything to make sure that like she doesn't she's not concussed or anything like that. Well, she she hit her head on the wall or the desk and he's just like hold the phone. Are you okay. Like, do you, do you have a bruise? Like, do you need ice? Should I get frozen peas or something? And she's just like, dude, like, fucking right now. <laughs> like, just get on with it. It's like, wait, are you okay? And I think basically the exact same thing happened voluntary apnea. But it's just because it's, it's such a typical thing. You can see that happening. Um, Styles just be like, oh, no, Lydia might be hurt, even though we're fucking right
2: now. After Scott found out about what happened after Lydia gave him a very detailed description yeah. of all of her <laughs> sexual yeah. interactions. There's, there's sexual interactions. The night before, how he was like, you, you guys couldn't even make it to the bed? I've been in your room. It was like three feet away. Come on, guys. You, you had to sleep with her. You had it like on, a, on your desk? Come on. I just you love the idea that Scott is
3: now Lydia's, um, like, gossip best friend, like, I just love that, because, you know, he totally would dish gossip with her, he wouldn't care, he would just be like, yeah, I'm here for you, let's talk about, like, let's talk about your feelings today, like, how, how, how are you doing, what, what what's your life like, and I just think that, <laughs> not that it's an Allison replacement, because obviously nothing will ever come close to that but just the fact that emotionally he is kind of filling a similar gap that she has in her life um that just makes me feel all warm and fuzzy mm-hmm.
1: and scott McCall. i love it. Um, i love scott mccall interactions with pretty much anybody because he's the best and i love when fix where he's not the main character give him the due justice of a good characterization and this one spot on. When Scott, I remember when I first read this fic, when Scott was like, I'm gonna come visit you in Boston. I think that was my first squeam moment, because I was like, oh, they're gonna hang out in Boston together, and she's gonna show him all her favorite places, and take him to a really seedy club, but he's gonna not know what to do with himself, but it's gonna be great. I would
3: read any, like, I would read a fic that ships Scott McCall with the fucking brick wall. Like, I just would. <laughs> Call hey, to all to writers, please. <laughs> make that happen. Make that happen. So invested in that brick relationship. Yeah.
2: <laughs> one, he, of my, one of my favorite um, bits is when Lydia is explaining why Scott is the only one that she kind of kept up with consistently. <laughs> and she says he, he may not always like her choices, but he wants her to be all right. And he knows that she takes care of herself. And he's always been that way, has even stayed that way while she avoided contact with Styles and still sought him out. He doesn't agree with her most of the time, but he supports her all the same. And I think that's that's really that's Scott McCall. When he he loves somebody, he loves them unconditionally. And while he may not always agree with them, he's going to support them. Absolutely. 100%. This
0: marks the sixth it. episode of City of Cast where we have spent more time talking about Scott than we have Styles. <laughs>
1: And Wait, I'm
3: not oh, even God, sorry.
1: Well, we're just avoiding him the way Lydia does for most of the fic. This is <laughs> in character his, for us. His two big his two big scenes are his fight scene with her, where he's a dick, and then where he's showing her his dick in the sex scene. That's actually <laughs> really
0: true. about.
1: I just talked about the trope and
3: him like giving her a concussion. So we've totally talked about Styles. You can't say we haven't.
0: I would like to talk about um, the scene where he calls her when she's in class, and instead of turning off the phone like a normal person, Lydia just sits there gazing at his picture until it vanishes yeah. from her phone <laughs> screen, and I'm like, you think he's
1: pretty, you want to kiss him? <laughs> <laughs> or the other one where she, like, is staring at his picture and she gets really uncomfortable because of the eye contact through his with his Facebook picture, yeah. and she's just like, uh, I gotta deal with this later, I gotta go. <laughs>
0: I know, I feel like every time she has, like, an almost, she thinks about, like, his face, and she's like, I have to leave immediately, I am feeling uncomfortable with this
1: situation. Well, doesn't she end up thinking about his hair when she's on a date? I was just about to say, oh, if Will straightened his hair, it would be Styles' hair, like, Like, what is Styles doing on my date with Will? (laughs) What the hell? Oh my god.
3: And the fact that Will doesn't wear flannel, so that's a plus. I mean... That's great. So with us, she's comparing
0: remember. them so like side by side, and it makes you think yeah. of like what kind of girl Styles is dating? Like is she a very short strawberry blonde girl and Scott's like, "I see what you're doing <laughs> or is she like the exact opposite of Lydia so that Styles doesn't have to deal with like being reminded of her all the time because she won't even pick up his freaking phone calls?
1: Another thing with the will and Styles comparison this one was not explicit, but I picked up on it because I know that Rachel loves this friendship building exercise for them of Styles and Lydia like going through a conversation that cycles through a million different topics but they're able to make connections between each of these topics because that's how like in sync and smart they are. and Lydia kind of says that she and will have that conversation. Which is why she initially decides that, you know, oh, maybe I'll give this a try. And they break up when he can't listen to her babble about stuff that he doesn't get anymore. Which I assume he doesn't get quantum <laughs> physics. I assume that's where they may draw the line on their intelligence. Yeah,
3: it's like the minute he stops being Styles' replacement, yes. uh, he's gone. It's like she yeah. he, she was
1: bored by him, and yeah. she's not bored by Styles. Mm-hmm.
3: Also, how fucking,
1: how fucking typical that this jock from Boston is on the crew team. I love that
0: trope. And I'm just going to say it one more time because I love that trope. And so seeing the fact that she's, like, attracted to that in Will. <laughs> well,
3: you know, like, they both have major intelligence boners. I mean, come on. Come on. Bisexuals. Yeah.
1: Bisexuals. yeah.
0: Is I mean Styles and Lydia are both just like the reason they're so into each other. Like, Lydia never would have gone for Styles if he wasn't as smart as he is, which I think is hilarious because he's not even as smart as her. But like, just the distinct possibility that someone could keep up with her or try to keep up with her is enough for Lydia to be like, oh, "I'm intrigued."
2: <laughs> yeah, the fact that he's able to challenge her, I think, is is really what attracts her yeah. to his mind because they their strengths in terms of their intelligence or in different areas but he's still able to keep up with her in in certain certain regards and so she finds that challenge and that dialogue really interesting two sides of the same coin yeah speaking of
1: keeping up with her i like how styles it's mentioned goes into research in this fic because i think that's something that is explored a lot less in college fic is that styles like maybe there's a bunch of different majors he could be a lot of people think he's going to end up with something in law enforcement or criminology but the specific statement that he is picking up research and loves it is something that sounds so obvious but i think is really underappreciated because research is super structured and styles is not (laughs) super structured with his research as we've seen from what his room looks like when a mystery gets away from him (laughs) I loved that. Yeah. I love that. Yeah.
3: That's so, I mean, that's all he does is research. So I think it is, you always see the criminal justice major or him. So we kind of started off talking about the voicemail characterization. Uh, that voicemail characterization, whatever, you know what I'm talking about. Um, and I loved the way that um, the fic ends with a voicemail. But it ends with Lydia's voicemail. Um, but I'm a sucker for, like, symmetry in writing. and writing. Yeah, I just think it's so, after a fic where he just wants so badly for her to call him back and for it to end with her saying she's going to call him back and then she does. And it's not even, it's just like a typical, oh you know, I'll talk to you later voicemail, but, you know, it's going to become something more. Um, but I just love the way that kind of bookends the fic mm-hmm. and just makes it full circle. That was really, it was just kind of a really satisfying way
1: to end it, I think. And that sounds is like, I'm going to call her back i like the fact that i like <laughs> lydia martin <laughs> right like we know sals we know you, you love calling lydia martin you love how she looks you love lydia martin so much you love calling her phone to leave voicemail messages that she will then return to your call what She'd, she but she can't do that their phone's it's been, been it's crazy been like 23K, but she has returned his
2: call. (laughs) Uh, I was really excited to see that um, Perfect Pro used a John Mayer song as the inspiration for the fic uh, and as as the title of the fic. And then also, just as a fun aside, the the series name Paradise Valley I think is taken from one of John Mayer's albums, and as a huge John Mayer fan, um, I really appreciated that. (laughs) Um, I actually pulled up the lyrics to, um, You're such a yeah, geek. To, it's called On the Way Home, um, which is where the title of the fic comes mm-hmm. from, and probably my favorite bit is, but just remember on the way home that you were never meant to feel alone, just look me up, get back on the bus, I'll see you next week if you need my trust. Is <laughs> Is know? one of my favorite, it's <laughs> one of my favorite bits from the song itself. And I think that it's just that particular, you know, grouping of lyrics is just super indicative of the way that this fic evolves. And I think mm-hmm. this is Styles' role in the fic that he's always going to be there for mm-hmm. Lydia Martin because he loves her. And he ultimately just wants her to be happy. And at the end of the fic, when she finally says, I have somebody to come back to, you know, that I I have you now, and we're together, and I want this to happen, that kind of goes along with the, the lyrics as well. That's
0: yeah, so because beautiful. the thing is, like, Styles, across the board in City of Fanfiction, takes ownership of his feelings, and the struggle is always getting Lydia to take ownership of her feelings, and seeing the moment no matter what fic you're reading where Lydia decides that she's going to like command her feelings for him and like take control of them is always so gratifying and in this fic it was such a premeditated thing that i was i was really happy it about it it was such it. a
1: styles thing the way lydia did this there was there was a drawing board with some string in scott's guest room <laughs> to make this work so actually um, rachel 3 madgrad mentioned that this is a series um, so we briefly did say that there, Lydia, um, there's a scene where Styles goes to her house, he's in her driveway, she doesn't come down, the jeep breaks down, and he's stuck there, he can't leave, um, but he calls Scott for a jump, it's mentioned in passing in this fic, part two of this fic is that scene expanded, and I feel as though we would kind of recommend looking at if you want some more angst, it just gives you that, that punch right in the gut, um, But it's just, it's there. Lydia hugs Isaac first, Rachel! I (gasps) knew it was gonna be about Isaac! (laughs) I love that Isaac is in a scout. I love everything with Isaac. The little, we didn't talk about this at all before, but all of the packs, like, bits of personality popping through in their dialogue Mm. or in their actions in the handful of pack scenes were so, so good. They weren't just there in the background of all the scenes where Lydia is feeling uncomfortable about styles. They are there and they're themselves. <laughs> it's probably the best way that I can say it. Like Lydia um, being in the diner, I think it's the for the last dinner before she's going. And Kira waves at her and the lights dim a little bit because Kira's happy to see Lydia. Like, that's so cute. I love that. I love it. And the first person that she hugs besides Styles and Scott is Isaac. And I love that. So, to me. <laughs> I
0: love the yeah. fanon characterization of Kira. Like, The city of fandom characterizes Kira in a way that I am always on board with.
3: With that scene where they have, um, dinner, like, the last dinner, all together, and I'm just reading it, and I'm like, this is so fucking beautiful, why will we never get this in canon? Just, like, them all together, just, like, fucking around, stealing food off of each other's plates, and Mm -hmm. having a good time.
0: Um, so one thing I just want to comment on before we go is, um... The scene where Lydia comments on how Styles' smile is like fake and contrived and sad because so is Styles right now in canon, and that's why we read fan fiction. <laughs> oh, that good. That made me sad. Wait, can
3: I mention my favorite line before we go? Yeah. Do please. It's in sexy times again. I <laughs> don't. <laughs> no, I. Yeah. Okay. <gasps> um, when, when she's finally like, I don't even know. She's topless, totally naked, she's probably totally naked, and he goes, I think I found religion. Yes! <laughs> like, like, that was just, I think, the most in character styles, just because I think we all have this vision of, well, when they're in the middle of sex, i just saying something, like, really dumb and smart-ass, like, and Leah just being, like, shrugging and, like, yeah, okay, just keep going with it. So, I'm like, I, th- I think I
1: found religion. Like, yeah, you sure did. Superhero movie level quip.
0: Styles finally found a god. Maybe he'll stop killing people now. <laughs>
1: <laughs> that line and the line where he's, like, thank God that I have a high metabolism. When he finds out that there's, like, it's, like, curly-fripped. Yes. Loaded nachos or something like that. and yeah. he was like, "Ah, oh, I could eat that." Yeah,
0: <laughs> he was great in the stick. Like when he was on screen, air quotes, it was like you missed him a lot. But when he was on screen, he was just like he was there. It was like, "Hi, Styles. How are you, my when, son?" And he
1: lets his guard down enough in front of Lydia because he's so guarded with her outside of the voicemails. So it's it's good to laugh with these characters. That's probably one of my favorite things about the characterizations of the entire pack in this fic because I love my heartfelt Scott and Lydia moments talking about Allison. But, my God, I needed to know that uh, Malia and Isaac bullied the pack into watching 27 Dresses. I really needed that. (laughs) Love
0: it. Love it. Okay, so this has been episode six of City and Cast. Next week, join myself and also Claire hello Claire, um, on a podcast for Let's Waste Time Chasing Cars by an author whose username I can still not pronounce. But... Uh-huh. <laughs> awkward mumbling. But there will be links to that on the City of Cast page and it's uh, Step Siblings AU. We're actually going to have a sequel podcast for this fic um, on July 5th, but this time it'll be the sequel. So it'll be the same people talking about the fic um, but this time we'll be talking about part 2 so you only need to read part 1 for next week, which is exciting because it's wonderful and it's just a fun step Siblings AU and it's um, a great break from the angsty pain that comes with Lydia refusing to pick up Styles' phone calls for two years
1: My name is Rachel, I am Rongasm on Tumblr My name is also Rachel but you can
2: find me at Failchild on Tumblr and my name is also Rachel, but you can find me at madgrad 2011 on Tumblr. And
3: I am Claire, and you can find me at Fudgy the Whale on Tumblr.
0: And we will see you next week. Thank you for listening. <laughs> Woo! Read more City of fanfic Read <laughs> And leave <the> comments. <laughs> we suck. <laughs> at City of Cast, we review and discuss our favorite City of Fix. If you enjoy the fic as much as we did, be sure to leave the author some love and encouragement. You can find us on Tumblr at the URL CydiaCast, or on Twitter at Cydia cast. A huge thank you to our editor, Rosemary, row your boat on Tumblr, for making this possible, and to you, our listener, for tuning into this episode. See you next time!